Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Cause I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 142 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC E-Frage, late night on a Tuesday. We got a lot to talk about. Fresh off of a Bobcat win over Akron. Shout out. All to- is right in the world. All is All right. Is right. Shout out to Coach Bulls and the Bobbies. Um, always feels good to beat Akron. Uh, There's something about that, like, it always works out that the first game is always at Akron the second one's at Ohio you get that return trip like a week and a half two weeks before the MAC tournament and the place was ju- this was like an old school was texting our guy Mike this was like an old school 10 year ago ozone crowd whole ozone was standing great crowd was packed bowls getting the crew fired up um I'll still never get used to John Gross being on the other bench but um awesome awesome environment and like the Mac, and we'll talk. I know we're going to talk about the Mac a lot. The Mac's definitely having a down year. Um, Ohio is not performing, I think, as well as they can. They are the type of team, though, that could get hot over three days in Cleveland. The way they just barrage of threes, they can just rain threes. Now, if they can play defense and they can rebound, makes it, but like they can hit like all five guys usually on the floor at all times can hit threes. So you never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, yeah, it's been a weird year for the Bobbies. Like, we've seen them in person. Obviously, we watch their games. Um, just kind of a very quiet, uh, you know, they've obviously had their injuries. Like, I Yeah, you lose A.J. Brown, like, before conference play even starts. I, I think, think when that, yeah. The, reset expectations. Yeah, the steam. Um, the steam kind of yeah, I mean it's it it just kind of came to a grinding halt in terms of expect expectations, which was sad, really. They, I mean, if you look at though what they do all, I mean, you think about in a short sample size, they take care of the ball and they shoot the three really well. They're fifteenth in the country in turnover percentage, and they're sixty second in three point percentage. Um, and so take wow. care of the ball, hit your threes. Um, now obviously now the interesting thing to me, and this is what's is. They play the 94th quickest pace offensively, and they're the 327th slowest pace defensively. So they move quick on offense. They get shots up. They're sitting down. They're they're long defensive possessions, but their defensive efficiency is not very good, and they're 298th in offensive rebound percentage on that defensive end. So they give up a lot of second chances. But those are things you can clean up. You can clean up. You can clean up giving up offensive rebounds. You can clean up those extra possessions. That it gives me, uh, it gives it gives me hope. They're um, they're 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 a fun group at least, and and it's just nice to go in with uh, um, with like a little three game win streak. Kent State, Northern Illinois, Akron, and they get Bowling Green at home, and then um, they go at Buffalo and at Miami. They're all all the next three are are winnable games. So you, you go in the MAC tournament with a six game winning streak. Feeling pretty, yeah. feeling pretty good. Yeah, not bad. And even they're sixteen and ten now. Is that right? They are. Um, sorry, no, they're sixteen and twelve. 16 and um, 12. ten and five in the in the MAC. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it. They, they'll get they have four games left. Three games left. BG, Buffalo, Miami. But you go two and one. I mean, think about it. Like they if they get to 18 wins, they lose one of their best players early in the year. Like that, dude, kudos to Bowles, man. Like this season could have gone off the rails easy. And so hundred percent. They're not like and and honestly, they're not this is incredibly deep, but like they're they're crazy and they're not very big. That's the thing. They are 342nd in the country in average height. So they're not very big. Damn. And especially 342nd. There's only like the what country. nine more teams smaller. They are <laughs> um and they're they're not very big, but especially like a team like Akron, you have literally the country's leading rebounder in Enrique Freeman. Um and but that's the thing. It's like you look at teams like this. I mean, the crazy one, and I, I wanted to point them out is I, I don't even think they're a bubble team. I think at this point you got to put them in no matter what. McNeese State, we've talked about Will Wade has had that thing freaking rocking. They're cooking. They're twenty five and three. They're fourteen and one in the Southland. They're sixty fifth in the country in Ken Palm. They are three hundred and thirty fifth in average height. Three hundred and thirty fifth. So uh, they are. Um, not the the largest team by any means. Um, out of yeah, so three hundred out of three hundred and sixty two teams, they are one of the um thirty smallest teams in the country. But they can spread you out. They've got guards galore. Um, and they are incredibly well balanced. Like they are eighth in the country in three point percentage. Same thing as Ohio. They're in uh turn they're seventeenth in the country in turnover percentage. They take care of the ball, they shoot threes. Not saying Ohio's big knee state, but you talk about recipes that can win you games. Um, and they turn people over. They're sixth in the country in defensive turnover percentage. So I'm just gonna put this out here now. McNeese State, if you haven't been paying attention to them, which I think people have seen, like, okay, Will Wade's got it cooking in year one at McNeese. Um they are they are for real. Like they are a really, really fun team to watch. Um, they are, they're currently sitting at 25 and three with three games left before the Southland tournament. So, um, we'll see if, 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 if Will Wade will continue to be the coach of the, uh, of the Cowboys next year, if he'll, he'll, he'll take a bigger job, but I don't care who you are, what you've done in your past or what you've been implicated for. You go 25 and three in any conference year one, you know, ball, you, you know, ball wild. Wild. Um, I just keep thinking back to that video they released. <laughs> he was able to coach. They had that like cow- oh, strong ass offer. Oh, the <laughs> no, oh, no, no you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just keep thinking back to that. That was like a wild uh, Twitter day. Anyway, um, let's stick on the Mac. A lot of people in Amherst, Massachusetts, are not happy uh, with the announcements of UMass joining. They gathered their pitch. They gathered their pitchforks and their torches, and I got out on literally on our um imaginary uh, uh our imaginary front porch with a shotgun ready to defend the max honor i was i was not having the slander from the minutemen faithful trying to trash the conference that is arguably one of the more successful mid-major conferences um uh, year in and year out yeah at, so at least at the top of the conference so yeah i mean look you know, and then, you know, if you've paid attention to anything on the green light via Twitter, we got into it. Some random dude in Florida who like got, had all of his stats wrong yesterday, which is amazing. Um, but let's say let's get two things clear here. Obviously, this is a dumb football decision. Right? And I don't mean dumb like um, 
it may not be good or bad for UMass. I could care less what this means. It, for UMass it's football. a decision I just mean only had to do with football. Yeah. It's just another dumb football thing that changes, you know, it has an effect on all the other sports um, for basketball. This is a home run for the Mac, whether you agree or not for UMass, we can have that combo home run for the Mac. Great for Toledo, Kent, Akron, OU, Miami. It's great. We added a very solid historical basketball program. That's great for the Mac. Now, let's give they're 17 and 10 right now. Last year, 15 and 16. Why does Ken Palm always log me out when I click a new year? Year before that, 15 and 17. 20, well, 21, whatever. They were eight and seven. Doesn't really count. 14 and 17 in 2020, 11 and 21 in 19, 13 and 20 in 18, 15 and 18 in 17, 14 and 18 in 2016. Set for, winning record, 17 and 15. We had to go back to 2015. Let's keep going. Why? If you Why? just click on, if you just click on history, you've got it all in once. Click I'm on going, history. All right, so their, la their last really good year, 2014, Derek Kellogg, 24 and nine. Which we played that we played that team. We played them in 13 and 14 while I was at Ohio. We played them at UMass in 13. Uh, and we played them. We hosted them at home in 2014. They were actually ranked at the time. We act, But it sucked. We had them over winter break. Um, did Chaz Williams, Caddy Lane. Those were, that was a good team. Yeah. Kellogg, you know, he struck, you know, his first three years struggled. His last three, unbelievable. Well, not his last three, but his middle three, actually. 25 and 12, 21 and 12, 24 and 9, right? Then you go back to the Travis four days, 25 and 11, 24 and 9. Like but, Steve zero, but zero tournaments. I just want to point yeah, that out. Zero yeah, tournaments. no doubt. Like, look, but this is a program that has the ability to win 20 games year in and year out. Now, you know, Matt McCall struggled and, you know, now we got Frank Martin. But, like, this is a I, – I, I don't know how to say it, right? Like, they haven't had – um tournament success like that or you know they haven't like dominated the a10 by any means but they have a history they've had really really good players and they've had good coaches and runs in the past they it's a good program it, it no it is a good basketball program that honestly and i'll being completely open and transparent i was stunned when i realized they've only made one NCAA tournament since 1998 because the thought of it is, oh, yeah, like UMass, it's at least like every four or five years they're in it or like they're competitive. You think but that. that and that is where I'm like, OK, yeah. And they're, they've been in the A-10 and they've, all, they've been a consistent like as other teams have left, like Xavier has gotten out of the A-10 and other teams like have come um, like VCU and George Mason moved in. They've been a, they've been consistent. They are inflated in my opinion by the calipari 1990s umass teams that granted like yeah like we are a long way away like it is 2024 the like even bruiser flint the last year they like i said 1998 with bruiser flint was the last time that if you take out that one Derek kellogg year they were a seven seed. They lost in the first round. The year before that, in '97, they were an eleven seed and lost the first round. I think that the memory of Cal and and Marcus Camby and those teams in the '90s, like that, is still. It, it, we're a long way away from it, but for some reason, that's still in everyone's yeah, mind. Yeah, they think they think they can like somehow get back to that, or or they are that. This to put this into perspective, though, of how long it's been. So that was, okay, let's say 
2024. That's 26 <laughs> years. That's 26 years. Wow. I want to talk, when Tony Bennett took the Virginia job, it was 2010. What was what was what was 26 years before that? It was 1984. That was the first year that Virginia was in a final four that year. It's the year after Ralph Sampson graduated. So it's that long. Like if you told me when Tony Bennett took the Virginia job that we're like, the man, we had it rock. And when Ralph Sampson was here, like in my mind, that is what's being inflated. Now I'm not sure. I don't want to crush you guys because my whole thing is you are not the stuff that I've seen. You are not going to come into the Mac and be in, in the tweet here dominate being the Dayton or Gonzaga of the Mac. No, God, no. If you were to tell me Dayton or VCU went into the Mac, then yes, I believe that those two teams would win the Mac three or four out of every five years. Sure. UMass basketball, while relevant, you just, UMass falls into the, in my mind, UMass falls into the tier of Akron, Ohio, Kent State, Toledo, and I believe Buffalo will get back to that. If you go back, like they're outside of one year in 2014, Western Michigan won the Mac. Outside of that, every single tournament in the last like 20, maybe 20 years, not 20 years, but 15 years or so has been either Ohio, Akron, Kent State, or Buffalo. And then Toledo has won the last three regular seasons, just not gotten over the hump. UMass falls in that tier. And I get you pay, you pay your head coach over a million dollars. I get you have NIL. But you don't have Deron Holmes. You don't have the power. You don't have power five talent that is then playing at a mid-major level. The top A-10 teams do. That's why the VCUs and the Daytons are a tier above you. If they yeah. came down, it's different. You are a middle-of-the-pack A-10 team yes. coming in, and you are now a top-tier MAC team. For sure. And, and no it's, it blows my mind, the, the, the one tweet, and the, this is the, the ones that I wanted to bring this up. Um, someone found the data and it was absolutely perfect. Um, and said the five best UMass teams in Ken Palm over the last 20 years, like 50th, 52nd, 67, 74, and 86. So ranging from 50 to 86, okay. not a single one of those teams dominates the Mac. This year's Mac is historically bad and historically. still has a top, still has a top 100 team and two other top 150s. Most years, two or three MAC teams are easily in the top 100, and this year's UMass is sub 100. The response back from that, from Curry Hicks Sage, the leader of UMass Twitter yeah. um, and search season, which I all the respect in the world, great Twitter spaces, love it. I just think there's an overinflated, just I think of a lot of us have overinflated, sure. uh, I say self worth of our programs, but I'm out here going to war for Buffalo and Kent State, not even my own alma mater. Yeah. He said, I'm not disputing this, but NIL has altered things a lot, and we're continuing to build a pretty good one. Okay. And the response to back to this was, my main point of contention is people underestimating the MAC as a basketball league. UMass Twitter appears to conflate being a football-first league with automatically being a crappy hoops league, and the MAC isn't helping matters by having a very poorly timed, historically bad season. Sure. And it's spot on. Yep. The Buffalo Bulls in 2019 – were a six seed in the NCAA tournament. They did not have to play some crazy. Their non-conference schedule was ranked 121st in the country. The MAC was good enough in five years ago that a team that literally still lost two games in conference to sub 
uh, like 100 t- teams got a six seed in the tournament. I am tired of the the hate, the haters, and the non-believers, and the doubters of the the Mid American Conference. Because I, I'm happy to have UMass. I'm happy to have UMass. But so don't think you're going to come in here and stomp on the the pride and the tradition of the Hustle Belt. I, listen, I I don't have much to add. I I do I need still to get that off my chest. I do still laugh at the people who are like. Well, how is field hockey going to travel? It's like, guys, we are so past that. Like, that's not even – let's stop. Let's stop with those takes. It's over. Like, we've had – USC is in the Big Ten, guys. Like, those conversations are gone. Like, any sort of geographical or travel – like, I laugh when I see those tweets. I go, that's a 10 years ago. That Yeah, it was, it was something we said 10 years ago. That's gone. Um, and it's better – like, they were planning on – like – Conference USA would be way worse travel for them. Like yeah. people are upset they weren't going to Conference USA or the American. Like, okay, like do you know the teams that are in Conference USA right now? It's, I mean, it's. I, I don't even know what would be their you closest. Asked me to, yeah, I don't even know if their I closest travel. I mean, it's Louisiana Tech, Sam Houston State, Western Kentucky, Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee, Liberty, New Mexico oh. State, UTEP, and FIU. Like Liberty oh. is probably the closest to them. You're gonna get an auto rivalry. You can somebody get audit with Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you're gonna audit like, I mean, man, like I get that's not a natural rivalry with some of these schools, but like honestly, there's rumors and there's rumblings. Western Kentucky could be like the next to join. Like, that's another one too, where they've even had more success. If you look at Western Kentucky's success, I mean, they've had yeah, tournament in 13, 12, 09, 08. They went three years in a row, 01, 02, 03. Like they've had, and that's Stansbury was good there and they never even made the tournament. Yep. And and so seven years. Like, so that's another one of like, okay, Western Kentucky can be just as competitive as as UMass. And then now you've got a instead of a top tier of four, you've got like half the conference now is a strong basketball brand. Yeah. No one's walking over anybody. And it's gonna, and like the rising tide, I really believe will will raise all ships. You're not like you're not. No one's stepping in this conference unless unless UConn decides that being independent in football leads them to the the, the Mid American Conference and you and, and they join. No one is going to come in unless I said it's a Dayton or a VCU or something like that and just like absolutely dominate this league. I'll, I'll clip and it. You, you can like- come back in five years. I could be wrong, but you're su- significantly underestimating the top tier of, of the Mac. Look, I, I also full, like, I also want to say like, yeah, it's, it's probably a jolt to the system. No, like none of us are saying that the Mac is in contention with the a 10. Like there's no. a clear gap mm-hmm. there, obviously. And I'm sure that there is an element of like just pride swallowing that is going to need to happen here because they're essentially. And again, like what it, we have said this for eight years, I wish we could sit down with every AD and be like, you're actually supposed to finish seventh and you you're, you're supposed to finish third on average most of the time. Right. Oh, actually. Yeah. Duke Carolina. Yeah. No, you're supposed to win it every other year. You're supposed to win. Right. Like, and having those just like expectation setting conversations, UMass, look, you could in three to five years be in the top three every year to your point. Right. Not saying they're going to win it every year, but like why you should be excited about that. I'm not saying you're, I'm not trying to say, you should get pumped for a ball state February 
on the road win. win. No, no, that's gonna like, suck. I get no it. one's I'm getting hyped eight. up for no one's getting hyped up for Muncie. I, it's I get that, but you should be like, all right, look, we've been at this for 25 years. We got one NCAA tournament. Why don't we go to a different, uh, you know, a, a inferior league? That's not even the right term. You know, just a step down league and try and dominate like that should be the attitude but you know look we're talking about emotional twitter people so it's like it is what it is i mean is anyone getting that excited for like gw on a tuesday night or duquesne or like it's just even like status. rose hill gym at fordham like on a weeknight like yeah i get richmond dayton loyola vcu even the bonnies like yeah that that's a different tier but i'm like you it's not you're not winning you're no. not winning step i get like kent state had the longest home winning streak of anyone in the country at the start of the year like it is hard to win there it's hard to win hard. the jar it's hard to win the convo it's hard to win a toledo like i don't i don't yeah. care like it there's it. it's there's not there's so and and of anything i i said this earlier to somebody i said if this was football and you said hey well we've got all this great nil and we like if you want to make that argument with football that you make these giant strides and you could like turn things and really dominate, I would believe it more because I do think like if you, you could put a bunch of money behind you could really like enhance. There's just so much parody right now in college basketball. Then less you're getting real P five talent to play in the Mac. Like I said, like a Duran Holmes yeah. um, or like, I mean, Richmond right now is, person like a even like Jordan King some of those guys that are top of that conference it, it's not it, it's it's not changing the level of it that much I mean you've does got this, guys does, yeah. I mean does this even like where does where does the A10 go from here do they try and snag somebody or they're just like ah we're okay no I, well they because I mean UMass wasn't in the A10 for football they were independent for football and all those other schools that are in it um yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like none of those are those they're either FCS or non-football schools, and so it 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 was already like UMass like all right, well we want to prioritize football, great. The last thing I'll leave this with, and you want to talk about like talent, and, and you talking about like that top tier. We got two players here right now that are in literally Alabama and Baylor. You know, like their best players are right now. It's Mark Sears who came from Ohio and Ray J Dennis that came from Toledo, like. There's not, it's, it's one of those things where it's, there is top, there is talent and, and it is what it is. Now, does that talent stay off where not necessarily, but there's, there's NBA guys that have come out of there. There's, there's plenty of it. Um, I'm happy for the Mac. I, I just wish there wasn't so much negativity um, immediately from, uh, from, from, from the Minutemen faithful. Yeah, we'll be- go to war in a couple. They've got a couple of years. They've got, they've got a whole nother. Twenty-six. Yeah. Um. So they'll have all of next year in the A10, and then uh, and then the year after that, they'll they'll get to uh, they'll get to come to to, to the Rocket Mortgage Arena in Cleveland and uh, <laughs> and see what Maction's really about. Speaking of negativity, it's been a. <laughs> now it's time for your soapbox. I I still don't. Mind. I don't have, dude. It's it's been a unbelievable couple of days on Twitter. So I, I mean, we don't even need to get into it. The court storm happens. Here's my take. <clears throat> Jay Billis is great. Multiple again, multiple things can be true. Jay Bill is going on 
national television saying college students should get arrested is like one of the wilder things I think I've heard in a long time. Um, if you want to talk, so, so let's start there. That's insane, right? That's insane to say. If you want to have the conversation around penalizing colleges who are not ready for a court storm, fine. I'm all for that convo. Wake Forest dropped the ball. It's their fault. Like they're, it has nothing to do with college students. They're whether, and again, people are like, well, what are you going to do with drunk? I don't care if they're drunk or sober. Like they're running. It's okay. It's part of the game. It's fun. It needs to be safe. Like every logical human doesn't want to get rid of it and wants it to be safe for the players. Like that's okay. So Jay Billis is wild for that. That's number one. Number two, Wake Forest is at fault for what happened on Wednesday. They didn't even attempt it. Like there wasn't even like people fighting. There wasn't a line. I mean, there was nothing. And if you want me to get real petty with it, there should have been a technical foul called. Duke should have shot two free throws and gotten the ball back. So this I'm is like, what I like are you kidding this me? It was point seven, and there was yeah. four kids on the floor. So spare me with the oh, Filipowski has to do a better job of running off the floor. It, their whole team was on the floor, as was Duke. Mark Mitchell got people in their face. Jared McCain got students in his face. Like, yeah. what are we talking about, number one? Number two, all of this, all of this is a fascinating case study on the Duke effect because this happened a month ago. And Matt Painter said exactly what John Shire said, and nobody fucking batted an eye Nobody said. No, I think no. I, people on. paid attention. It's not as big. No, no, no. It's not close. You to and me paid attention. Jack Mack, dumbass from Barstool, did not pay attention. Okay, this is this is a case study. And Caitlin Clark. Duke everyone, everyone paid. Everyone paid attention to Caitlin Clark. Okay, but a different thing, right? Like now, people are like trying to be like, oh well, she didn't get hurt, and like. The court storm already happened. And she was running off the floor. Let me tell you something. I am so on the team and the camp of a player swinging on a kid. You think, can't no, be fair. there. It's fair. That's that's that swing. Is, that's my not my biggest takeaway. The most the most interesting fact of all of this of right now and and Grant Filipowski didn't do anything wrong. Like, yeah, that's like the most he didn't do anything wrong. He stepped, the people are analyzing his walk. My and I will say this. Oh, my God. My, I will go with this route. I'm not saying he embellished it. I do think the oh, it was an ankle injury, but it's a knee injury. But oh, we didn't get scanned and he's not practicing. Like there's I, I don't know. if he, It's not calling embellishing it, but there's something where of like, are we really worried right now? Like if you didn't have an MRI or you didn't have any like. Is it is it a serious injury? Whether it's a serious injury or not, he didn't do anything wrong. But if he had, say he elbowed some kid in the face like and popped him, it's well within right. The masses would be going at him. Now, I, there'd yeah. still be, hey, we got to ban court storming. But I do think like it's within his right to protect himself or move. And so like if he if someone catches a stray elbow, like I think it's very fair for that. But because he didn't, it just automatically like everything is and there's there's blame to go around. Obviously, I think it's I, I agree with you. Wake Forest, there was not it didn't even look like an attempt to stop anything or there was really a plan. Um 
I also think that though that not I don't think Duke's handled it poorly. I just don't love the like oh my guy like is all like acting like he it's just the his only season almost the, ended. It's the only response. What else could you do? Oh, it was an okay thing, and we'll see how flip. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not saying that. That right now, oh, he's not practicing. He's hurt. It's like okay, well, you did get imaging. And like was right. It's like oh, well, no, we didn't get imaging. It's like okay, does he have a br-? like? At first, they made it seem like he might be done for the season, and then it's like wait, no, it's not even that serious. He's just like he got banged up. Okay, well, let's walk this through. He runs off the floor. Yeah, they, they, whatever. Shout out to his girlfriend. Ride or die. Oh, that she had. Um, shout out to his girlfriend. Wrath. So they go into the locker room. He's sitting there with, you know, the trainer, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, my knee hurts, my whatever is happening." And Shire's ten to fifteen to twenty minutes later talking in front of the thing. So like, again, I again though, here we are. Like, why am I even talking about this? Like, we're shifting. Like the response to this has been insane and i just want it to i let someone run on the field and run into patrick mahomes let somebody i, I don't even want to bring the pro mahomes. stuff because that's like mark titus said perfectly today it's like everyone's like oh well no, this doesn't happen in the pros but that's also what makes college basketball so it's like the passion and again and i don't want it moments. to go away i don't want and, it to and go away. but you're you're right though you're like there's a protection of everything but like like, come on. It, it wouldn't. It, it would feel, but I also, I think, I don't think that there's any way that it needs to fully go away. My only problem no. with Duke is literally them being like, not keeping their story straight and being like, oh, he hurt his ankle. And then a day later, like, no, he hurt his knee. And then it's like, oh, it was actually not that serious. That's like, get this. Maybe it's not on Shire. Maybe it's on Filipowski, but it, it hurts your case when you're, because it makes it look like. But what's the case? The case is that, like, it, he made it seem like he got trucked by Zion Williamson and he got, like, shoved by, like, a 150-pound sophomore at Wake Forest paying 65000 a year in tuition. Well, what's – again, our argument, our conversation is around court storming, not Duke's reaction to a player maybe or maybe not getting hurt. No. I, this why, is, well, then imagine, why are we making a thing? Why, why is it a thing, then, of, oh, okay, he's – He's sore, but it's like it, when it at the time, like Saturday, it was like Kyle Filipowski might be out for the season. Kyle Filipowski, like, that's might not have had a Duke. serious injury. I'm pulling up a quote. That's, I need, I should have these quotes ready. What does that have to do with Duke? Duke is making it seem like he got seriously hurt. Okay. And but if they walked, and, and, and honestly, all of this was dead when he got interviewed after the game and is standing up. I was like, oh, he's good. We're good. No, it, I agree. It's all right. So let me ask you this: If he tears his ACL, he's sue. I'm suing Wake Forest for a billion dollars, not a billion, but a hundred million. That's fair. That's it, like this is from now, ESPN. Avoid yeah. major was still a little bit sore. And this is the incident left Filipowski sort of bag of ice on his right knee after banging that leg in a leg. Shire, who initially missed book Saturday, he said Filipowski hurt an ankle. And but then didn't require any type of diagnostic internal imaging for his knee to have any structural in his injury. Didn't have a significant limp when he spoke to a few reporters. That was the thing. It's like court storming. Yes, great. Go all out. Like he could have gotten hurt. My only gripe, I think that could have been handled better of being like, look what happened to my guy. And it's like, all right, he banged his knee up. We had 
10 times that contact during the game. It's some, I think it's probably more semantics than anything, but it doesn't help when it's Duke and ever and and as a Duke fan, you know as well as anyway. Like most people are going to come at Duke for anything. You, you can't be like, oh, well, like his ankles hurt, and then no, oh, it's his knee because then it looks like you're just there, like whining or making up a story, or whatever. Even if it's not the case, that was my only gripe with Shy. Is like, why are we flipping back and forth of like what's hurt, what is. At the end of the day, great win for Wake Forest. No offense to you guys. Like, no, it's a big win for they them. They threw the fucking ball out of bounds three straight times. I mean, it was the they're, most they're in the tournament. Am I? They're Wake is a Wake in the tournament the world. team. Um, yeah, I I just the the takes have been like truly. I I don't even know what planet I'm on, and I just wish so bad. I think about this all the time. I wish we could have like a parallel universe where this just happened to a different school. And see what people would say. I wish. I wish. I wish this happened to UConn and Donovan Klingon banged his knee and was totally fine. And see what Danny Hurley would do. And we're we're giving John Shire shit because he said ankle versus knee. Danny Hurley literally complained about getting protected walking out of the tunnel. No one says anything. No, it is. Here it was. He said, it was Shire said, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court stormings? And it's like, well, he didn't sprain his ankle. He. All right. So if he sprains his knee, what's, there's no, there's no, nothing. I mean, no, I, I would say like, I just, it, it makes it look like Duke is crying, whether they are or not. If like, wait, but he didn't sprain his ankle. And it's like, oh, but it's his knee. But it's, it's not a bad, it's not a knee injury. That's, I was like, it just, it didn't need to be, oh, like he's, he is hurt, and it's like, well, he actually isn't really hurt. He just kind of got banged up. I I'm think it's more. Next, I'm rooting for the next unlimited court storms. I can't wait. Chaos, just absolute chaos. I want, I want coaches hitting kids. I want referees getting trampled, and I want to see everyone's reaction. It's, it's like I don't know what planet I'm on. That somehow the conversation is not around. How do we have a safe court storm and not have players getting run into, regardless of body where they got hit? Now we have like forensic experts talking about, well, he got pushed, but it was just a light shove. So, you know, that's okay. Holy shit. I, I truly think the solution in my mind, I truly think the solution, I don't even, there's, it's not perfect by any means because there's still the danger of the kids themselves literally climbing over chairs, like going down steps, all that run, like literally have like a 30 second hype video queued up, run the shock and like, have them like, all right, hold, hold, run the video while the shot clock's going down Horn hits at 30 seconds after they've given the 30 seconds for the team to get off the court. And then everyone rushes or have it where players all run into the stands, whatever it may be. Like how we can preserve the passion and the good nature of like the fun of college basketball and students having a good time. Um, as Kansas ties it up right now, 63 63 with BYU. Um, Big 12 today, BYU at Kansas. That is what a, what a, what a matchup. Um, but yeah, it, to... then it's unbelievable too. Like, I'm just thinking back like forever ago. I cannot remember the game where Coach K pulled the team and they like borderline didn't play the last like four seconds. And he got, holy God, 
the amount of shit he got for that. And then all of Twitter is saying, oh, Shire just had to pull him. Why were they on the floor? It's his fault. No, he did. That, I'm like, he, there was no, they, it was so quick that there was not like, I just, I don't they know. Were, they were, and they were, those kids were, the kids were zooming, absolutely zooming. Um, but <laughs> what planet I'm on, dude. That's my, that's, that's my take. Jay Billis is insane. Everyone on Twitter is absolutely, this, this is what I, this is, this is why I think I have to get off social media. It's, it's who, um, who put it after Big Cat's tweet? Uh, con content farming or like engagement farming. That's 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 all anything has become now. There's not any sort of everything's just a troll. Like everything, it, it every tweet is to get the maximum engagement. True, false. Look what look at last night. Look at last night. This guy puts out all sorts of charts, and I'm sure the vast. No, that's exactly yeah. The vast majority of them were probably right. And Ian sees a chart and is like, hey, I don't think it was like the most nicely worded tweet back. Like, hey, could you tell me how you got this word? Blah, blah, blah. And the dude's immediate reaction is stop whining and hide your tweets and borderline deletes them. I couldn't even see them. It, it, then, this, I said, not sure where your recent basketball ranked data is coming from. Um, Kent State, because it had Kent State as the last team and Matt in success. I was like, they literally haven't had a losing season in 20 years. Um, and I said, Kent state has only had a single season over your stated average Ken Palm rank of two Oh seven. Their actual Ken Palm ranking of that period is one fifteen. So just, and showed the data. The response was reread what it says since you didn't, it's correct. And please don't whine further. Thanks. And then, hid, and then hid my tweet. Yeah. And then I replied back and it's like, I'm not in trouble with what they're whining, but it's like, either way, it's a waste of my time because one, the data is correct. And two, nobody cares about 2003 Mac hoops anyway. So have a nice night. Well, one, the data wasn't correct, which after I replied again, after you hid my tweets and he's tweeting the about data the was wrong. And then two, like you are the one tweeting out data about 2003 Mac hoops. I can't. So, it is that it is the most frustrating. I said the same thing. I was like, this is, if there's any sign of getting off of social media, it's that because literally I was proving that what was being pushed out to the public and had like, I mean, at this point it had 36,000 impressions. The wow. tweet like that is like 159 likes for the, and, and granted it's not, it's not huge. I'm just like, Hey man, like it's just not right. Like it's not, some, <laughs> yes. of that, some of it wasn't. It's just like, you're putting out a graphic that says Kent State over the last 20 years is the worst basketball program in the MAC. I am not a Kent State fan, but I know that Kent State is far from the worst program in the MAC. And so clearly there's something wrong with the data. And I asked, how, where are you getting this from? And then it was hide tweet, hide tweet, hide tweet until I realized that I wasn't going to stop responding and realized that, okay, actually the data is wrong. Um, but that's uh, it. That's it's a scary. Twitter, it's a, it's, I, yeah, it, I gotta, I gotta, it's a, it's a scary that. place. I gotta it's be done with it. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up with some, you know, coaching carousel slash sad news about Chris Holtman, um, Ohio State. Honestly, man, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked just because of where they're at with their AD. You know, Gene Smith's retiring. I'm not, they, I'm not surprised not because all. I think, no, because I think that's Gene Smith, um, helping out. I want to say doing a favor for Ross yeah. Bjork, but like, I think he is the last thing. Like that's a good point. I think that is him saying, "All right, I'm going to do what I think is best for this athletic department and Ross setting up the future." Because you got to understand that, like, 
Ross Bjork just paid out the biggest buyout to any coach basically ever with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. If yeah. your first move as the AD at Ohio State is to fire the basketball coach and then that's just like it's already he's already I don't say he's known as the buyout guy, but like there's a there's an element of that that's coming with him. And so I do think that's Gene Smith. Granted, whether that was his intention or not, there is an element where I think it's like, let me get ahead of this now. I think just as much of that is an element of doing it for Ross is that we see this all the time, how quickly with the transfer portal, with NIL, raising money, getting the best coach, whatever it's like, getting a head start on that. Now, do I think they need to fire him? Right? Not necessarily, but it seems like they have very big aspirations of the type of people they're going after. And they don't want to into the spot of like, okay, we just fired our coach along with XYZ five, six other big time power five. And now we're all competing in a one week window for these coaches. Whereas you can be a little more open. You can start gathering. Hey, you can talk to your donors. Hey, if if we were able to pull a Greg McDermott or whatever, what 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 can we expect from from you? Like, how can what what can we how can we entice um, Lamont Paris to come to South Carolina? Like, wh- what level of giving? So that like that's the due diligence. Not that that can't happen, but while Holtman's there, but it's a lot harder to do that, and it's not and it's not really right. Um, but that, that was my thought is just as much of it was like getting ahead of it for Ross Bjork, because it seemed like it was inevitable is you've got two months or so now where you can really a not just find the right party, but you can build your package to sell yourself to whatever coach you want to go after, um, come March. Yeah. Yeah. I listen, I, I think that's all Right. I, yeah. I think that's all right. And I, I'm the last person to advocate for coaches being fired mid season. No, no, I know. I know. But it, it, I, I was, I was always going into this year, even though they're 16 and 12 right now, he got fired when they were 14 and 12, I think. Um, I was like, there's no way, like, you know, he's going to get one more year and then he'll probably get let go. What's brutal is, is what would have probably saved him as if in 2022, they got to the sweet 16. He never got there in seven years. He was 25 and nine in eight, 2018 round, second round. And the 2020 team, they were, they were eighth in Ken Palm when everything got shut down like that. Yeah. They were they 20 were, and 10, like doing well. Uh, yeah, they were 11th. Obviously they got bounced by Oral Roberts and Max Abe, Abe Smith in, in 21. I mean, that was a, was that a 15 over two matchup or what was now, that? One of yeah, them was, one of them was, it was a 15 over two, which yeah, that's, that sucks. Then 22, they beat Loyola Chicago. They lose to Villanova. Um, they were a seven seed that year. The problem really is like, and then they went young. And that's my only surprise is last year's team. They clearly didn't go after the portal like very hard because I, it seemed like I think Holtman had the assurance of Gene Smith of like, all right, I'm going to play Bryce Sensabaugh. I'm going to play Bruce Thornton. I'm going to play like some of these young guys. Um and okay and we're going to develop and then okay now these guys are a year older bruce thornton's a sophomore jameson battle now you bring james about but like you don't really like roddy get like you had a younger team that seemed like all right we're going to develop and then in a year or two we'll be back top of the big 10 but then it basically history just repeated itself where you had this giant stretch in the middle of january february where you go from 12 and 2 
to 13 and 10 in a snap of a finger. And it's like this, yeah, this is this is not the direction of the program. I know. It's a I, I think it's a great job. I I do think they're going to get a top tier big time coach. Um I think the it will always be a football school, but like yeah, we don't forget like made a national championship with Greg Oden. They made a final four with Aaron Kraft. They had a national player of the year with Evan Turner. Like Thad had it rolling and it can roll. And like Holtman literally had him as a two seed in 21. Like it, you can win easily. There's so much height, you know, better than anybody. There's so much talent in the state of Ohio by itself. The money's there. The resources are there. It will always be a football school, but that doesn't preclude it from being a good basketball job. Agreed. And I think just the one thing that's just really confusing is that he recruited well. He, he did. got four and five stars and he got Ohio kids. That's a big deal here. It's a big, big deal. Like they want you to get the best Ohio kids. And he did. He did. And it's like, it, it, yeah, he just couldn't. Won a lot of games in the regular season, had multi, had five 20-plus wins seasons, and just, man, got unlucky in the tournament. I think, honestly, one Sweet 16 appearance, and he's not fired. I really believe that. Maybe not in, like, 2018, because that's that, that far ago. But, like, if he got there in 22 or even 21, like, I, I think he's yeah. probably still around. But, man, those early exits were brutal for him. Brutal. It hurts. It really, it, it really hurts. Cause that's like, I mean, that's what it's, it's the same with Virginia right now. Man. It's like the Virginia fans that are on the like anti Tony bandwagon right now. It's like, we haven't won a tournament game since 2019. While that being true, it's like there wasn't a tournament in 2020. Yeah, and so then, that's one last year. and then, yeah. And then it's, there wasn't a tournament in 21. They literally didn't practice until a day before they played Ohio. And like, because of COVID like the year after in 21. Okay, great. They missed the tournament 22 last year. Same thing. I'm not going to rehash it. They had a two point lead or whatever. Yeah. Two point lead over Furman with the ball, 10 seconds left. And the player that's played more minutes than anyone's real history just threw the ball away and they lost. It's like, it's that fine of a it's line. That, yeah. For real. For real. When you're evaluating, because if Virginia beats Ohio, Say they beat Creighton the next round, maybe it's another Sweet Sixteen. If they beat Furman last week, last year, and then I don't remember who they would match. Like, yeah. oh great, okay, yeah, ship steady. But then it's the compounding, it's the compounding effect, and it's the snowball that's like, we haven't done this since X Y Z date. There are not, there are not, um, uh, six better coaches than Tony Bennett. I mean, no. are no, there six better? Yeah. I don't it's know. A different to... topic for a different episode. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But it's just so stupid. It's like it doesn't matter. This is this is a 30. Hopefully for you, if you're you and a, you, this is a 30 year thing. You you don't touch Tony, but you just leave his ass alone. Leave his ass alone. Anyway, what else? I got nothing. Um, else. The Cougs of Brigham Young University take down the Kansas Jayhawks. In oh my Lawrence, God! Did they? 76 to 68. Yes. Um, shout out Mark Pope. Shout out the Cougs. Um, seven and 34 you can, you all time ride. versus top 10 teams on the road. First win since 2017 at Gonzaga. Um, what an awesome win. He's awesome, dude. Great coach. Probably the most, in my opinion, I've said this a bunch, the most fun team to watch in college basketball because they play five out. They shoot a million threes a game. They, 
literally it's threes, it's layups. Um, 41.2% of their points come from three, which is the second, third highest in the country. They shoot, uh, yeah, the average, the average is 30% of your points. They have 41 points. So they just shoot a ton of threes. They play quick. They play fast. Um, they're, they're fun. Um, Ali Khalifa, shout out to the Cougars, man. Um, big 12 is, as an ACC fan, I'm curious. Your last, I want to end on this because we talk bubble, and I know I think it was um, Brownell came out today, kind of crushing the Big Twelve, being like, "Oh, they're just getting all this love because they scheduled super easy in the non-conference, and then and they prop themselves up and they play each other." I think objectively, though, and there's there, is, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't think that they played all these teams played like the absolute toughest non-conference schedule like BYU's toughest non-conference game they played a neutral site game against NC State it was oh I'll take it back they played San Diego State and NC State everyone else was like 100 200s objectively just watching those big 12 teams they are really really good yeah yeah like again again they're really really good teams we no longer live in a society where two things can be true like what brad brownell said around their scheduling tactics can be true and the big 12 is still better than the acc like the worst two teams in the big 12 are oklahoma state at 100 and west virginia at 134 now if we go to the the acc we are looking at Notre Dame at 135, Georgia Tech at 139, Louisville at 189, like even BC's 88. Like, and it's not all their fault. Like, Miami's coming off a of final four and they're 92nd in Ken Palm. It's not like, and no one expected their last, bad. their last two games that half their team has been out. We don't know what's going on down there. Nigel Pack's been hurt. Virginia is yeah. 66th in Ken Palm. That's who tough. is Virginia. Ninth best defense, 191st on offensive efficiency. Um, I mean, I, it's, listen, uh, I, we've been giving you shit for the offense for years, but like this is just no, this is the one that deserves That's why it's like, it's, I think it's, it's harder. It's like, this is atrocious. This one's tough. I love Reese, I love, but, and I love McNeely. Um, but it's tough to operate with one guy that's got to kind of create for everyone else. Um, yeah. But it, I know we go uh, the who's go into Cameron on Saturday night. Um, Big. It seems like we'll have a healthy Kyle Filipowski. Um, I'm more. They got to go to Boston College tomorrow. I guess as this releases tonight, they go at Boston College, which Ken Palm hasn't projected to lose by one. That would put a dagger in. That would. In that would probably put a. Da- they would have to. You're really probably going to get uh, a Duke team without Caleb Foster. He sprained his ankle. I saw that. I it'll the, I I don't expect Virginia to win in Cameron, but I am excited to see Ryan Dunn versus Kyle Filipowski again. It's a unique matchup. It's a very the two the two uh, New York kids. Filipowski is usually used to either getting like bigs, like really, it's more just a rangy, super athletic wing that's going to be fronting him in the post nonstop. Um, honestly, so, it's a that's like Beekman Beekman on either uh, either on Roach or. Um, Honestly, like we'll probably just switch, right? And just I guess they would. I, I don't know. I proct like I don't know majority that like I'd probably whoever's playing the best at the moment, they'll put him on. Yeah. Um wow. but it'll be interesting. I mean it'll it'll be uh tickets are like five, six hundred dollars for the cheapest seat to get into Cameron, so we gotta figure out a way to get in the building. But 
Um, but yeah, it is, it'll, uh, we get Virginia Duke and then, um, how do you feel? We'll, we'll end with this. How do you feel yourself for you guys have Louisville tomorrow or today as this is dropping yeah. Virginia at home at NC state and then Carolina at home. All right, so we'll get Louisville, and then we got to get two of the last three. I th- I do agree. I mean, not just because, you know, I agree that they beat Virginia at home. At NC State is like the ultimate Duke bugaboo. Um, a Monday I mean, night after a, the Saturday Virginia game. After like the Saturday, that's like – Quick little 48-hour turnaround. Ultimate tra- – yes, the Saturday-Monday ultimate trap game, and then also like you're thinking about Carolina for the last game of the season, which is going to be what, that next Saturday – so they're going to have the vast majority of that time off. I actually do think they clip Carolina. Harrison Ingram made like seven threes. It, it was the most yeah. asinine performance I've ever seen at uh, the Dean Dome. I think Duke gets revenge uh, back at home. So yeah, um, I, I think I think Carolina. They right now they have a they're fourteen and three in the ACC. Duke is twelve and four. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of wrapped up. Like we needed a miracle from Miami last night. Um, which was wild that they were even in it. Um, yeah, because State's got – or they Carolina's got State at home, Notre Dame at home, and then at Duke. Um, yeah, I think going. they probably – like, I think Carolina wins the regular season. I do see, I do see a world, and Duke always plays well in the ACC tournament. I, I can see Carolina win the regular season, Duke winning the ACC tournament. Maybe. But, like, if they win that, can they get up to a two-seed, or is the three their ceiling? I think they'd have to be undefeated – the rest of the year, regardless of if they to go get a, to get a two. Yeah. And if they go undefeated and get to the ACC championship, you can make an argument, but I think they're a pretty solid three at this point. Yeah. I think, and that's a three seed and Carolina's probably going to find themselves into a two It'll seed. A two. Yeah. Um, I think the ones are locked up no? unless something crazy happens. Yeah. I'd be surprised if something, cause I feel like right now it's gotta be Houston, Purdue, UConn, Arizona. Like um, I think that's a pretty solid tier. You know what's uh, funny? Remind me, it's felt like they've been locked in for like a month now. That has not been the case in recent years. Like there's usually been like no. seven or eight teams that we're debating. Or at least like that fourth team. And, and yeah, I think like there's like one or two. It's like, it's a pretty, in my opinion, it's a pretty stark drop to like the next, the next group. Um, And, and I, I said, I, I'm still bullish on all those. I, I love Arizona. Um, UConn is, is, it's complete Purdue. It's, it's produced Purdue. It's just, we're not learning anything new about them anytime soon. Purdue is who they are. It's just, can they get it done? Can the guards handle it? Um, there are some interesting teams. Like I said, it's going to be very wide open. Like the fact that you're looking at like Iowa state, Creighton, Marquette, Baylor, like a lot of those teams, like we were just saying Kentucky just had an incredible. I was going to, I want to, yeah, that's probably they're probably going to be a four. God, that's the most. And I can see them losing to a thirteen just as easily as I can see them beating a one. Yes, hundred percent. They have. I mean, they've lost. They lost at home to UNC Wilmington, who's probably going to make the tournament and be a thirteen seat. Like, are you? If you had a thousand dollars, I gave you a thousand dollars. Would you? Would you bet Kentucky to make the Sweet Sixteen? Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, just the Sweet 16. Yeah, I would. You have a Sweet 16, yeah. They're just uh, so talented, right? Like, they got to get there. But to your point, they don't – I've been it. high on them all year because I said this is the pro – this is like our team with the young guards that are going to develop. I know. Uh, they're still just not there defensively. They're, they're, 
They're sixth in offense and 86th in defense. Um, dude, is Reed Shepard going to be John Stockton in the NBA or what? Dude, am I? And then is Robert Dillingham going to be like what, Lou Will? Like, I what, what yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's almost disrespectful to Robert Dillingham the way he plays at times, but like, Boring. dude, it is like there's, I, I do think, let me say this every year, the, there's parody. I think one to four is such on a different tier. And then I think maybe like there's, I think one to four, and then you get like maybe five to 10 are kind of around that mix. And I think from like 10 on, it's kind of just a crapshoot. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have our boy Ryan in, in a couple of weeks, and we're gonna just do our normal. Here are the teams that can win it, and right now there's only, I think there's like eight or nine left. There's not very many. I mean, it's really it's not it's um. Duke squeaked in there. It's pretty amazing. Duke we just is... can't. We listen. We just can't have UConn or Carolina. All right, we just can't have it. We need Purdue. I yeah. would. I would. I would sign up for a Purdue championship right now. Right now. Bring it. Arizona. Oh, no, I don't want Arizona. Caleb Love, that would make me sick. I wouldn't be uh, – I would – I I personally – I really would not Houston, be – Houston? We're not even talking about Houston. I just – I want to point out one thing, and I and I have got all the faith in the world in the Red Raiders. I love what Grant McCaslin's done. On our episode with Trevor and the Two-Pointers podcast, and I gave you my dark horse Final Four team. Yeah, what was team – Was it BYU? Texas has beaten Texas Tech. In Lubbock, fifty-five to twenty-eight right now. Oh yeah, Texas was your. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. buddy. I'm telling you, they have the horses. They have the horses. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I I said, I I I, Texas like they they have the pieces to put it together, and just when I think they're going to, they they get smoked, they lose, but like they're they have the guys: Max Azmus, Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell. Caden Shedrick, Dylan DeSue, like you got Martin. name brand guys. You got Martin. name brand guys, like guys that have done it in the tournament. Dylan DeSue was awesome last year. Max Amos was awesome at Oral Roberts. Nasty. Like Dylan Mitchell is a dog. Like they have really good players. Um, and that's when it's like, can they put together? They just lost at Kansas by 19, but they're up right now. Absolutely. Just rolling. Uh, Rolling Texas Tech. So as I said, I think after once you get like I think one to four and then like five to ten or twelve, and then from then on, it is like anybody can can beat anybody. So also let's just end on just stop talking about tournament expansion. Let's stop. Yeah, we're done. No. We, I don't even don't even speak any of that into existence. It's great let's the way go. it is. Because if All you right. look at who would be on the bubble right now, if we were talking like ninety two it's it's Awful. sickening. It's absolutely sickening. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. All right. Next time we next time we record, we'll be definitely full into probably um, conference tournament play. Maybe we sneak one in before that. Um, But that's it. That's it. Form the courts. Keep the ball bouncing. Action. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for. Certain doors are closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.